This morning we are continuing in our year-long series on 2020 vision. Come see what God can do. And we know that God can do great things. You ask any member of Living Hope Baptist Church and they can tell you what God can do. God can take a sinner and turn that sinner into a saint. God can take what is broken and bring healing and hope. Every member of Living Hope Baptist Church has a a very simple story, a very simple testimony. They can speak to what their life was like before they met Jesus Christ. They can speak to what was happening when they came to repent and believe in Jesus. And now they can share how God is at work in their life, even now through the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of His Word. Our God is at work in the world. And and those of us who are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, we are called to join God in the work He is doing. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We are to share with others and, and have an impact. And that's our focus, to impact our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with the hope of Jesus. And, and we do that through the, the natural aspects of our life. As we, as we live in, in our homes, as we are there in our neighborhoods, as we're about in, in the rest of the world and come in contact with folks of different generations, God is at work and we can share what God is doing. And, and that's our hope. And so to do that, we're seeking to be equipped in understanding what it is we need to be looking for and what it is we need to be pointing other people to. And so the series that we're beginning today is is see the celebrations of life. We're going to look at what God has called us to enjoy. See, although life is is often complicated and complex, uh, there are many simple and significant celebrations that God causes people to enjoy in many different ways. And we can enjoy them, we can enjoy them all because of who Jesus is, because of what Jesus has done, and now what Jesus is doing in this world. Now, we're going to look at some of life's celebration moments that God calls all people to, and it's our desire to gain clarity. Clarity into what God's Word says. See, when we understand who God is, we can't help but love God. And when we love Him, we can't help but obey Him. And and when we're glorifying God and enjoying Him in the celebrations... We bring Him honor and we bring blessing to our own lives. So in Christ, the celebrations of life, they they enable us, if you will, to impact our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with the hope of Jesus. Now today, today we're going to learn how to celebrate with Jesus no matter what. No matter what circumstances we're in, We can celebrate who Jesus is. We can celebrate the greatness of God. We can celebrate how his spirit is at work in us because Jesus loves to party. (laughs) You know, it's funny to say that because a lot of people don't don't really have that picture of Jesus. And honestly, the people in Jesus's day, they, they didn't really like that about Jesus. They didn't like the fact that Jesus loved to party. See, the the people in Jesus's day, they they wanted a a Messiah who was going to come and fix things. They wanted someone who would come and 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 basically give them what they wanted. And what they wanted was this powerful king who was going to come on a war horse and who was going to drive out the Romans and all the Israelite enemies. But that's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to show us how to live and how to love, how to bring light into the world, and how it is we could truly experience what it means to be human beings under the authority of our Creator God and to enjoy Him forever. One of the people who understood this was a man by the name of Paul. His name was Saul. 
But in Acts chapter 9, he met Jesus Christ, and Jesus changed his life forever. He uh, impacted him in such a way, he gave up. He gave up everything. I mean, this was a man who was well-educated. This was a man who was well-known. This is a man who had a really great job, and and he was really kind of moving along that corporate ladder And he gave it all up for Jesus because he wanted more. He wanted what only God could give. And so as he sought out what God was wanting to do in his life, he experienced some hardship. You know, one of those uh, hardships was planting and caring for congregations that that were often in trouble. And there was a time when when the apostle wrote what we know as the book of Philippians. Uh, It's a letter to the church at Philippi. Inspired by the Spirit of God, he wrote to these people, and listen to this, on on almost like 16 occasions, right there in that very short letter, he told the people, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. He said, it's no trouble for me to say it again. Rejoice. What What he was saying was celebrate. Celebrate who God is. Celebrate him at all times because he is a great God. And it's important to realize when Paul penned those letters, he was in prison. When Paul wrote this part of scripture, he was facing possible death. As he was writing these words, he was writing to people who were needing encouragement, who were, who were having a difficult time. And yet he said over and over, rejoice, celebrate. God is here. God is at work. And the way Paul is able to do that, he explains in this letter, Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. He wrote, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Friends, when we believe that God is in control and we trust his plan for our life, we can celebrate in any circumstance. Now, our text today comes from the book of Matthew. And it's one of those really strange sayings that Jesus had. But if we can understand the context of it and we can understand the meaning of it, it's going to open our eyes to how it is we can celebrate God in all circumstances. And I pray that's what happens today as we look at God's word together. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's now go together to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, we're going to be in verses 16 through 19, and we're going to seek to understand how under God's loving control at all times we can find meaning and we can celebrate who God is. This is Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 19. I'm going to read it now. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever.
in the days of Jesus, children, like, like all children, would find some way to play. The marketplace was basically the playground of the children. So parents would come to do business, parents would come to, to buy food, to, to buy goods, and the children would come along and, and they would get together and, and they would play. Now, there, there were basically two things that kids were real familiar with, things that they saw pretty regularly. One was a wedding. Uh, weddings were a big deal in Israel, and uh, they, they lasted more than just a few hours like an American wedding. These, this, was a, this was something that, that would take upon uh, a people uh, several days, maybe a week. The other thing they were very familiar with was a funeral. And again, this was a big deal. This was a community-wide thing. Everybody would come, everybody would stay, everyone would be involved. And so children were very familiar with these two activities, these two events, a wedding and a funeral. Now at a wedding, of course, you play a flute and people would dance. Now at a, at a funeral, you would play a dirge and the people would mourn. So you can imagine what Jesus is picturing here is the children are arguing. You know, they're saying, yeah, we, we played the flute, but you guys said you didn't want to play wedding. And the other group is saying, well, we, we played dirge and you guys said you didn't want to play funeral. And, and nobody's happy. And the reason why nobody's happy is because they're not in control. Children are very much like people, like adults. They want to be in control. And in the day of Jesus, the, the people were not happy with what they were seeing uh, from the, the prophet and from the, the son of God. And so Jesus said, John came, but he's not what you wanted. He, here's, this, here's this prophet who has appeared and he is obviously fulfilling uh, the role of Elijah, but that doesn't make you happy. You don't want that. And he says, here's the son of man, the son of God, and you don't like the way I'm behaving. And you don't seem to be happy about anything. And the real issue was the issue of control. The people had decided what kind of prophet they wanted. The people had decided what kind of Messiah they wanted. And so here they are in the playground of the world, and they don't have any control, and they're not happy about it. You know, we adults, were very much like children. We do. We want control. We want to control what happens. We want to control how we feel. You know, we want to be in, in control uh, of whatever it is we do. And here we are in a very serious circumstance where we can't control a lot of those things. And friends, hear me. Hear me when I say this. We have to learn how to deal with a life that we cannot control. Because friends, we can't. We can't control what happens to us. We can't control the things that we're going to feel as we go through this process. We can't control what we can and cannot do. And I know there's people that are having rallies and they're going against the, the government and they're shaking their fists because they want control. The only people, the only people who can celebrate at all times are the people who trust God at all times. They trust that God is all-powerful, that God loves us, that God has a plan, and that God is working all things for good. When you know that is true about God, when you are experiencing that in God, you can go through any circumstance and you can celebrate, whether it's the flute or the dirge or anything in between. You can simply say, God, I trust you and I celebrate who you are. I celebrate your plan, your purpose, your power at work in the world. Understand, those who trust in God can celebrate with God in every season, 
In life, the songs change. Sometimes it's a flute, sometimes it's a dirge. The seasons change, but God's love and God's faithfulness, they never change. Friends, hear me. Those who trust in God can celebrate with God in every season. Though the music changes and the songs we sing, we still lift our praises to our loving God and King. Though the music changes and the songs we sing, we still lift our praises to our loving God and King. God is in control, and He has a plan for everything we face. And because God is in control, and because God is good and has a plan, we can celebrate in every season. Take note of this. Because God is in control, we can celebrate every beginning. We can celebrate every beginning. Now, we may not feel like celebrating every beginning, but we can, and we have reason to. Right now I'm in Ironwood. This is a place where I've done weddings. Uh, a lot of people are doing weddings in places like this now. It's a destination wedding. And weddings are times of new beginnings. It's when a man and a woman end their journey of, of uh, singleness and they begin a new journey together as a, as a couple and it's a time of celebration. Now, there's some people who say, no, no, it's a time of loss. You're losing your freedom. There's a lot of bad jokes uh, that have been said over the years uh, about marriage and about weddings. But I'm telling you, weddings are a time of great celebration because they are a time of a great beginning. Now, marriage is meant to be a picture 
of our relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the things that we celebrate at weddings as Christians is the fact that Jesus Christ is our groom and we are his bride and that he pursued us, that he came to us and he has requested to have life with us. He has sought us and he has come to us and said, would you want to spend your eternity with me? Would you want to be mine? And in faith, we have been able to receive that gift. We can repent of our old life, our life on our own, a life of of singleness, spiritually speaking, And we can come to know God through faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we think about the the three circles, and we understand God's design when he created humanity, it was to to provide harmony. Of course, because of our sin, there's now brokenness in the world. Our our lives are broken and, and separated from God, and it's created a brokenness within us and brokenness with all the other relationships we have. But if we repent and believe the gospel... We begin a new life in Jesus Christ, which allows us to pursue and recover God's design. And that new life, that new beginning is a point of celebration. The Bible says in Luke 15, 10, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Think about that. When someone comes to saving faith in Jesus Christ, the angels celebrate. How much more should we Celebrate what God has done. It is a miracle. New life in Christ is a reason to celebrate. And there is a way to celebrate it. Jesus Christ has commanded that we be baptized. One of the ways we celebrate our new life in Christ is through this powerful picture. There's there's actually a a message in the method. When, When someone comes to confess Christ as Savior and Lord, they're already a Christian. They've already been saved. What they're announcing is that Jesus is their Lord and they're going to live the rest of their lives in obedience to him. They're taken under the water, which is a a picture of their old life being over. Under that water, it's a picture of the fact that they've been washed clean. And then as they are brought up, it's a picture of them being raised to walk in new life in him. This is what God provides for us in our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a new life and it's worth celebrating. It's, it's, It's worth being excited about. New life in Christ marriage, a a birth. These are all good things. They are all new beginnings. And and I know we're in this situation right now. We're going to come out of it. We're kind of in this new thing right now. And and there's things to celebrate in it. But when we come out of this, there's going to be a new beginning. And what they're saying to us is that things are not going to be the same. And as we come into this new reality, we need to be ready to celebrate it, whatever it is. We need to understand that if we wanted to, we could be sad. We could look back on on what was. We can focus on what we miss. We can focus on what what is wrong with the new normal. But but there's no good in that. there's, There's no blessing in that. The blessing is in pursuing what God has for us. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead. It is wise, it is best to look forward to what God has for us in this new beginning. To to be able to see with, with eyes of faith what God is doing in the world and know that he is at work, that he has a plan, that there is good that is coming. We need to focus on what is enjoyable, not not on what has been lost, but but what is there to enjoy. What can we celebrate? And and we got to do what Paul says here. We got to forget what's behind. We got to strain forward what is ahead. 
what God has planned for us heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Lord God in this new season we're about to enter into, whenever we do, that there's something for us in it. And we need to look with eyes of faith. Friends, we need to dance to whatever song the Lord gives. If it's a flute, let's dance. It's a new beginning. Let's celebrate. God is in control, and He has a plan for everything we face. And because God is in control, and God is good, we can celebrate in every season that we go through. Take note, because God is in control, we can celebrate every ending. We can celebrate every ending. We, we may not want to celebrate every ending, but we can. And, and, and we should. We have every reason to. See, God has the power to bring hope in every ending. The first century philosopher Seneca said this, Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. As we celebrate new beginnings, we must be willing to celebrate endings. Believe it and, and know, <laughs> strangely enough, there are pastors who actually enjoy funerals. I, I'm, I'm one of these pastors that, that loves to celebrate the life of a saint. Over the 19 years as I have served as pastor of Living Hope, I've had the honor to celebrate many lives that that are now uh, buried here, the, their bodies are buried rather, in this cemetery. Almost 22, 23 years ago, there was a funeral here. I didn't lead it, but it was of a saint I'll never forget. And when I drive by this place, I often glance over to look at her headstone. Her name was Lana Chilton, and she's the namesake of our daughter, Mackenzie Lana Pettis. Lana was an amazing mom, a, a wonderful wife, and, and, and a missionary for God. She, she served in Nashville, Tennessee, and she would go into the worst neighborhoods. And you know what? It was amazing. All the drug dealers, criminals, people knew who she was, and no one messed with her. As a matter of fact, they, they sort of honored her because she was there serving children, and she gave her life. She, she served the Lord with her life to help children know Jesus Christ. Children in low-income areas where, where they would have could have been forgotten, Lana Chilton was there serving. And one of the things I love about her funeral and her life, and the thing I love about all funerals of saints anyway, is that there's always something to remember. There's something to celebrate. We can celebrate the miracles that occurred in that believer's life. And, and for all Christians, there's always miracles in our lives. There's always something that God did specifically that was wonderful in every season. Uh, there are, there's uh, love relationships. There are people that we loved and that loved us. And we can celebrate that in a life. And we can celebrate that in every season. And, and the third thing is there's always good that occurred. God always brings at least something. It may just be one thing, but God brings something good in every season. And the reality is, one of the reasons why we hate ending so much is that we're going to miss the good. There's always good. There's always something that we can look back to. There's always something to celebrate. Now, I don't know if everyone is going to necessarily look back at this quarantine and, and, and miss it. Now, some people may, because quite honestly, there's been a lot of good things that have occurred in, in this season. And I hope that there's 
things that you continue to do as a family, like eat dinner together regularly, every night, um, have times of devotion together, times of prayer, times of quiet, lots of walks. I hope a lot of these things stick. These are good things, even though they're in a bad situation. And, and it may very well be that this, this season of quarantine may be for you what college football was for me. You know, when, when it was time for me to, to give up college football, I, I didn't miss it. Strangely enough, I walked away from it and, and I, I never looked back. You know, one of the things about that season is I, I actually, after I left, I had nightmares about them requiring me to come back to play. Now, there were good things that happened. There were miracles that were happened. There, were, there was a lot to celebrate, but I, I was happy for it to be over. But I did learn some important things. I did gain some great relationships, and I did see God do amazing things during that season. But when it ended, it was time to move on. You know, there are a lot of athletes that struggle to, to get over and to move on past their athletic season, their glory days, because in those moments, you know, they felt so important. There's a, there's a lot of parents who can't, can't let go. They struggle to let go of, of parenting a child at a certain stage. Some are glad to see those stages end, but some, some they felt so needed. It was difficult to end that season. And, and then for some students, you know, letting go to go forward, you know, they, they miss those fun days when, when they felt like anything was capable. But God has a plan for us. And, and in order to enjoy what is, we've got to let go of what was. The, the best option is to dance to the song God gives. Celebrate what has been and trust God's heart for bringing to an end whatever is ending. is in control and he has a plan for everything we face because God is good and because God is in control we can celebrate in every season take note of this know this know this for sure because God is in control we can celebrate every circumstance we can we can celebrate every circumstance you know the people of Jesus's day they didn't like John John was way too harsh for them you know, according to John, they were all sinners. There, there was nobody who was good. According to John, everybody needed to, to repent. He was, coming after, he was coming after the Pharisees, Sadducees. He was coming after the highest of highs, lowest of lows. He's calling out King Herod. He's calling out everybody. And, and he was playing the dirge. No, nobody liked John. But you know what? They didn't like Jesus either. I mean, Jesus was too kind. He's too compassionate. He liked to party. Jesus liked to party. He liked to be with people. He liked to laugh. He, he liked to, to be amongst the, the celebrations of life. And they didn't like that because here's what they want. Here's what most people want. From a prophet, they want, they want that prophet to tell them what they want to hear. They want to hear how great their life is, how great they are, how God's there to take care of them. They want it to be about them. You know, when it came to the Messiah, the people in Jesus' day, they wanted a guy on a war horse. They wanted a guy who was going to come in and kick Rome out. And so here are these two guys. You know, you got the dirge, John the Baptist. He's telling everybody like it is. Then you got Jesus claiming to be the Messiah, the Son of God. And, and he doesn't seem to be ready to take an army and take out everybody. 
So, so nobody was happy. They, they thought they knew what they needed. The reality is God gave them exactly what they needed because that's what God does. God always gives us exactly what we need. He, he has a plan for everything we go through. And one of the things we've got to learn is to trust God. You know, oftentimes we, we look at people around us and we think they've got it better. Their, their life is, is together. They, they've got what I need, what I want. I think we would all do well to, to hear the wisdom from the writer of Ecclesiastes. This is a chapter 2, beginning in verse 24. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. There is a season and a reason for everything. God knows what he's doing. He's given us exactly what we need in our life, the life that best suits us. Do our decisions matter? Yes. Are, are we where we are because of the decisions we've made? To some degree. But God made us the way he wants us. He's been guiding us, those who love him and obey him and are following his word. And the thing that we need to focus on is not what's happening around us, what's happening in us. How are we being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? How are we trusting God? How are we exhibiting the joy of the Lord in our heart because he is our strength? It's so easy to look around our city. You know, you look at this beautiful landscape, this world that's going on behind me. And it's easy to think, well, you know, the people that live in that neighborhood, they've really got it together. Can I just tell you something? The people who live in 4,600 square feet and the people who live in 600 square feet, they both have the same problem right now. One is uh, COVID-19. We're all struggling with that and the relational challenges that come with that. But we're all struggling with sin. We're all struggling with the brokenness that comes from sin in our relationships, in our lives, in our emotions. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ is coming. As we talked about last week, he's our advocate. He stands before the throne of God and, and claims us as his own because he has bought us with his own blood. Jesus Christ, he's our friend. He cares about us. He understands what we're going through. He empathizes with us. We have a high priest in heaven who gets what it is to be human. He gets what it is to be tempted. He knows how to bring the victory. We have an advocate. We have a friend and we have a leader. We have someone who's guiding us where we need to be. He knows what's best. We can trust him. We need to obey him. We need to look to him, not around us, not around the world, what, what, what is best for us. The best thing in life is hope. Hope is found in Christ alone. He gives us songs in the night. And the best thing we can do is dance to the song God gives. We can trust him. We can walk the path he provides. We can give him praise and we can enjoy him all along the way celebrating every circumstance. God is in control and he has a plan for everything we face. And given the fact that God is good and, and he has a plan for everything, we can celebrate him in every season. So, so take this last note. 
even when people in power make poor choices, we can still celebrate. We can celebrate. We can celebrate who God is and what he's done, even when it's difficult. It is easy oftentimes to feel like a victim. It's easy to complain. It's easy to to look at all the things we can't control and, and allow those to flood our hearts and minds. Friends, we have lots of people making choices that impact our lives. Our spouses make choices that impact our lives. Uh, what they choose to do is gonna, it's going to have a, a, a huge impact on us. Our parents, you know, those of you uh, who are living at home with your parents, their choices are going to impact your lives. And those of you who have parents uh, of maybe an older age, what they choose to do, it's going to impact you as well. You, you realize you may have to go take care of them. They, you may have to, to look after them because of something that, that they choose to do. Parents, here's what we know. Our children are impacting our lives. Uh, That's what they do. And and so whatever they do, the the successes they have, the mistakes they make, they're going to have an impact on us, our government. Our government is making choices. And those choices are going to determine a great deal about how we experience life. And folks, they don't always make good choices. Our, our, Our spouses... Our children, our parents, our friends, government, they they don't always make good choices. Uh, They don't always look out for for maybe our best interest. But here's what we can do. Here's what we can know. No matter what other people do, God's plan always gets done. I'm going to say that again. No matter what other people do, God's plan always gets done. No one can stop God. You know, you think about Joseph and we, we, that text there in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. His brothers sold him into slavery. His brothers caused him great harm and they intended it for harm. But you know what? God is bigger. God knew what he was doing. God was going to provide not only for the salvation of, 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 of his immediate family, but for families to come. God always has a plan and it's bigger than us and it's better than what we could ever hope or come up with on our own. See, the the people in our lives, yes, uh, they, they may make our path more difficult. Understand, in life, Jesus said that we were gonna have difficulties, but he also said that we should take heart because he has overcome. This is John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yes, Joseph's brothers, they caused him harm, but God had a plan. Yes, things are going to happen to you that hurt. God has a plan and we, we need to trust him. See, the Bible tells us that as Christians, we will have to deal with, with all kinds of complications. Let me tell you about four of those. Some of them we choose, some of them we don't choose. Uh, one complication to our lives that, that we'll have to deal with as Christians is we will have to bear crosses. We'll have to bear our cross. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Now, crosses are difficulties we choose to take on for the glory of God. A cross is something that we say, you know what? I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to make this sacrifice. I'm willing to serve this. 
It's not going to be comfortable. It's going to maybe be painful. It, it, it may cause my life to, to be really, really hard, but I'm willing to do it for the glory of God because he's called me to it. I'm willing to take up this cross. I'm willing to serve God's purpose. A second one is that we as Christians, will, we will experience thorns. Paul speaks to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Thorns are pains we don't choose necessarily. Thorns are pains that come into our life for a purpose. God oftentimes will allow us to go through a difficulty just to remind us that he's God. You know, you think about this pandemic we're in right now. What a thorn. We didn't choose this, but we know that what God, one thing God is doing for sure is he's reminding us that he can turn this world upside down. He can bring this world to a screeching halt with, with something that, that as small as a virus that we can't even see. This is the power of our God. Sometimes our thorns are things we can see. Uh, sometimes they're things that we feel deeply. But here's what we can know. God has a plan for every thorn. The thorn that, that, that the apostle was dealing with was there for God's good purpose. Another one that we'll have to face are trials. We're going to face trials. James chapter 1 beginning in verse 2 says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Trials are circumstances allowed by God to increase our faith. Trials are things we may or may not choose, but they're things that happen and that occur in our life. And they do make them complex and they do make them complicated, but they are there so that we learn to set our eyes on Jesus, to know that, that he, is, he is the power. He is the one that we're looking to. He is our hope. Trials are there to strengthen our faith. And lastly, temptation. As Christians, we will be tempted. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Temptations are, are evils that are offered by the world so that we can learn to lean into Jesus and deny our flesh and choose the, the way of righteousness that is taught to us in the scriptures, into God's word. This is what enables us to trust God in all circumstances. And when we trust God, we can celebrate. We can know that God has a plan, that God is all powerful and what he's doing is right and best. And because he's God and because he's good, we can celebrate. Understand, God always, always has a plan. Everything we face, every complication, God is doing what is best. And friends, the best thing we can do is dance to the song God gives. If he gives a dirge, we mourn. If he gives the flute, yes, we celebrate and we sing. And in either circumstance, here's what we know. We can be happy and satisfied that God is God. We can celebrate what he's doing. We can trust in his plan. We can look to God in faith. We can know that he has power and goodness. Now that all begins by repenting and believing in Jesus Christ. 
That life of celebration begins by, by knowing that you're forgiven, that you have a right relationship with God, that He's alive in you, and, and that He is leading you all through life and then will lead you through death into His heaven. If you've never repented and believed in Jesus, you need to do that right now. I'm going to lead you through a prayer and I want to encourage you, if this is your heart's desire, to pray this. Dear God, I know that I have sinned and I know I have lived my life on my own terms in my own way. Forgive me. Jesus, I know you died to pay for my sin. I trust you with my life. I'm going to walk with you forever. Please live in me and guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you prayed that or something like that, if you communicated to God that you know that you have sinned and you're repenting, you're turning away from that life and you're trusting in Jesus to forgive you and live in you, then you have been saved. And if you have been saved, you need to be baptized. You need to make uh, this public celebration in front of other people so that they can know what God has done in your life. You need to let us know about it too. Let me encourage you to do something right now. Take out your phone, or if you're a child, tell your mom uh, or dad or, or, or an adult, say, please text, welcome to hope. And if you're an adult, if you're a young, young person and you have your own phone there, text 84576, welcome to hope. No spaces, welcome to hope. And, and that will get to me. And friends, we'll be in contact with you and we'll help you walk through this celebration. We will help you begin to walk in this life that only Jesus can give. Some of you have already entered in this life. Some of you already know Jesus Christ. You've already been baptized. Maybe you're struggling to celebrate in any circumstance. Let me encourage you today to ask God to help you. Let me encourage you today to also pray for others that you know are struggling to ask God to bless them, to ask God to, to do a work in their heart and in their mind and in their life. We, we need God's loving touch. We need God to do what only He can do. And He can do great things. And we can be a part of that. We can impact our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with the hope of Jesus. And that begins with prayer. So let's now pray together. Let's pray for those we care for. And let's ask God to do a great work. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your kindness to us. And, and we celebrate you, Lord Jesus. We celebrate those who've been saved today. We celebrate those who've committed to be baptized and who have, who have texted 84576, Welcome to Hope. And we can't wait to hear their story and see what you have in store for their future and their life. God, I pray for your children, those who have already repented and believed. Strengthen our faith, God. Help us to know that you have a plan for what we're in right now. Help us to look to you and celebrate you. You are a great God and we want to bring you glory and honor. We want to experience your blessing. Enable that to happen. We promise to give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thank you for joining us this morning for worship. And my prayer is always the Arianic blessing found in Numbers chapter 6, beginning in verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I pray that will happen. And I pray that we'll see each other again very soon. The Lord bless you.